Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Like she is. <laughs> Lord's good, isn't he? What is faith? If you ask most Christians what faith is really all about, they would have an answer that would go something like this. Well, it is this abstract attribute of God that allows us to get things out of God when we need them. Anybody here? And so really a lot of Christian people beyond that definition do not understand faith. By the way, I've never taught this teaching before. This is an idea that's been in my mind to do a fundamental teaching on faith that actually helps Christians understand the purpose of faith. It's not an abstract attribute of God that allows you to get what you need from God when you need something. It's, that's not what it is. That is a byproduct of faith, but that is not what faith is. Six centuries ago before Christ, God gave the world a prophet. His name was Habakkuk. And Habakkuk provided a powerful revelation that I want to share with you today. Six centuries before Christ, he understood the purpose of faith. And the majority of Christians today don't. They believe it is an abstract attribute of God that allows you to claim promises in the Bible and get things you need when you have a need in your life. But Habakkuk understood it, and he gave us this powerful revelation in Habakkuk 2 and 4. He said, the righteous will live by his, capital H, his faith. Three times in the New Testament, New Testament writers went back and quoted Habakkuk's verse of Scripture. Romans 1.17, Galatians 3 and 11, Hebrews 10 and 38. Habakkuk's prophecy is fully explored in the book of Romans. Romans 1.17, it was Paul that said the famous repeat of Habakkuk's revelation, the righteous man shall live by faith. But what does that mean? Does that mean that we just grab this abstract attribute of God when we need something so that we can put a demand on God to get what we need? Is that what it is? God laid down one simple requirement that never varied. And here's the requirement. It is about Faith. That's the requirement. It is faith. God's all-inclusive offer of salvation to the entire human race is the subject of my teaching today. God's all-inclusive offer of salvation to the entire human race 
is faith to live by. Not an abstract attribute of God to enable us to get what we need when we're in a tight spot, but faith to live by. Romans 1.17 said, For therein, therein what? Therein the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. Faith to faith. We've quoted that many times and a lot of us have no idea what it means, faith to faith. May I just share with you what it means? Faith to live by means that when you get up in the morning and you have an issue in your home before you leave, you handle it in faith. You don't handle it in the flesh. You don't shout and you don't push things around and knock things around and you don't get angry, you handle it in faith. And then when you get out on I-4, you don't flick anybody off. <laughs> you handle it in faith. When you get to your job and you meet your first challenge and your first difficulty, you handle it in faith. It's faith to live by. So do you get it? It's faith to faith, to faith, to faith. Life is a continuum for the believer of faith to faith to faith to faith. Faith is to live by. It's not a Santa Claus syndrome. Oh God, I believe, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. It's faith to live by. Faith originates in God's own faith. All the faith that you and I have, 2 Corinthians 4, for we've all received the same measure of faith. We've all got it. Faith originates in God's faith. You know what God did when he gave you your little measure of faith and when he gave me my little measure of faith? He reached into his faith store in heaven. It's bigger than Walmart. He reached into his faith store in heaven and he took some of his own faith and gave it to you to live by. Faith that his same word, the one he spoke when the world's materialized without any pre-existing material, that same faith when spoken by a righteous man of faith will accomplish its ordained purpose in the earth today. It's faith to live by. But let's be clear. This is not talking about the ordinary life. Not talking about getting up every day in the normal physical life and eating and drinking and driving and all this kind of stuff. Anybody can do that. Sinners can do that. Unbelievers can do that. Anybody that's sucking air can do that. He's talking about a different kind of life and a faith for a different kind of life. That's not the life he's talking about. He's talking about the life of righteousness. Remember Romans 1:17. for therein, therein what? The gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. This is a righteous faith. It's a righteous life that he is talking about. And it has its origin in God and God alone. And if you don't know him, honey, you're just living. But you're living a life that's going to vanish away like a vapor. And it's going to be gone. 
because it's not the life of faith, it's not the life of righteousness. All faith originates in God, all righteousness originates in God, and without God, you can't know either. Yeah, I would think so. The only way that anyone can receive this kind of life is by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, can I give you, not my word, but can I give you the word? Hang on now, hold on to your boots. John 1, 4, in him who Jesus was life. You want life? Get in him and get him in you and you'll have life. John the Baptist, that was the apostle John. John the Baptist, John 3, 36, he who believeth in the Son of God has eternal life. It's in him. If you want life, get in him and get him in you. Jesus himself in John 6, 47, he that believeth in what? Jesus Christ has eternal life. Get Jesus in you and get in Jesus. John 10, 10, I am come that they might have, come on, you're better than that. I've come that they might have and have it more abundantly. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I, Jesus Christ, give life to them. The apostle John, John 20, 31, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. It's faith for life. John 5, 11 and 13, through 13. This is the record of God's word. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So whoever has God's son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Are you ready to stop or you want to go on? Paul said, Philippians 1.21, for me to live and have life is Christ. Colossians 3 and 4 says, Christ is our life. Now, if you're a skeptic, go outside, look up, shake your fist at God and say, I don't believe any of that. But I believe every word of it. You see, none of these verses are pie in the sky, future tense, life in Christ, someday. Oh, well, I'm just waiting for the rapture and then everything's going to be wonderful. That's not the purpose of faith. It's faith to live by here and now. It's not some abstract attribute of God that allows you to have what you need when you need it. It is faith to live by. It's faith to faith to faith to faith each day, every day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Life in Christ. in the words of all of these people that I have just read, was a present day reality, not a future hope. 
As so many people have a future hope. Oh, someday the Lord's going to solve all the woes of the world and wipe my tears away and I'm going to live happily ever after. Let him solve your problems now. Let him be your healer now. Let him be your deliverer now. Let him be your strength now. Let him be your power now. His faith that belongs to him and comes out of his store of faith is given to you to live now. Come on, people. Live, 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 live. This is the gospel message. God the Father has made his life available to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And as we receive Jesus by faith into our hearts, we receive the life of God. What is the life of God? Describe it to me. It is the God kind of life. If you want to experience the God kind of life, live the life of Jesus. You know what? He's already lived it for you, won the victory, never failed one single test. You're already victorious in him. If you want to try to live the Christian life, you go ahead and try to live it. You're going to fall down, skin your knees every time you try to do it. But when you make the great exchange and you trade your filthy rags and your unrighteousness and your sin and everything that's bad about you for his robe of righteousness and you cloak yourself in that robe of righteousness, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Preach on, Brother Gary. (laughs) Not a life reserved for another world. Man, that's all I heard when I was growing up. Rapture bus is coming. I'd always say, "I I don't want on that bus. I'm waiting for another bus way down the road. Not a life reserved for another world. Not a life reserved for a future existence someday, but faith to live by right here and now. Remember, it's simple. The righteous man shall live by faith. But it doesn't get any more clear than that. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. The point is, and this is what I'm trying to say to you today, live, 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 live. Life, faith to live by. Everything we do at any point in time is living. But is it living in Christ? See, when you're eating, you're living. When you're drinking, you're living. When you're sleeping, you're living. When you're working, you're living. But are you eating and drinking and sleeping and working in Christ? I'm going to use a couple of ridiculous analogies in a minute to prove that point. Through faith, every one of these commonplace activities, hear me, can become a way to express the life of God that we've received on the inside. 
Every one of them can become an opportunity to express the life of God that we've received on the inside. Most Christians assume that the mundane actions of life, daily life, have no spiritual significance. So they eat their food, they, they dress, they drink, they drive down the road. This has nothing to do with God. All of these commonplace things are insignificant to God. But that is opposite to the truth and opposes the truth. It's faith to faith to faith to faith. And they all, even the commonplace things, are subject to God's faith. It's only after we have successfully applied our faith in the small and the simple material things of life that God will promote us to higher spiritual responsibility. So you know what? When you're going through life, all these commonplace things, and yeah, they're insignificant to God and you give him no place in the commonplace things of life and the daily life, he'll never give you anything bigger because you can't even inject his faith into the common things of life, the little things of life. How do you think God is ever going to give you true riches and truly raise you up when you can't be faithful, full of faith, faithful over little commonplace things? Luke 16 and 10 said, He who is faithful, full of faith, is a, in a very little, the commonplace, the little things. He that is faithful, full of faith, in a very little things, is faithful also in much. God's just laying it out for you. When you can get the little things down, faith to faith to faith to faith to faith, I'll give you the big things. You know why? Because you've already proven in the little things that you can go faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. So I'll give you the big things because I can count on you because you're faithful, you're full of faith. Faith to live by. If you therefore, uh, if you therefore, he goes on to say, have not been faithful, full of faith, in the use of unrighteous mammon, that's money, <clears throat> who will entrust true riches to you See what he does? He takes money and he pulls money over in the category of commonplace things. He said money is just, you get up every day, you go work for it, the whole world's working for it. You know, so he pulled it over into commonplace. He said when you can't even be faithful over a commonplace thing like money, like mammon, money, he said how am I going to give you true riches? Now can I give you a couple of little ridiculous little things? Yeah. All right. Number one ridiculous thing. Do you pray over your food? Oh, that's so, that's so, oh, that, that's so. I go out with people, man, they're like horses. <laughs> they start cramming food in their mouth before the lady can get it set down on the table. Ain't nobody ever prays. You know, there's a buck up right there. I can feel it. It just, a, who is he to judge me? But just listen to this. And if you want to go out and shake your fist at God, then you're welcome to do that. First Timothy 4 and 4 says, For everything created by God is good. 
Everybody say good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified. What is that? Made pure, made clean by means of the word of God and prayer. God says it in his word. Thank him for your food. And as we receive our food from God with prayer and thanksgiving, it is sanctified. It actually becomes something holy designed by God to do us good. Now can I go, can I go one step farther with this? I know this is kicking against the pricks with a few of you. I can sense it. That's okay. That's all right. Impurities are nullified by faith. Impurities are nullified by faith. Expressed in our prayers of thanksgiving. When you pray over your food, faith to faith to faith to faith, faith to live by. When you pray over your food in faith, it is sanctified, purified, made clean, and all impurities are nullified. Where did you get that? In Ecclesiastes 5.17. Solomon said of the natural man, though his life, throughout his life, through his life, he shall eat in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. What is he saying? Such a man does not acknowledge his or her food from God. Thank you so much. Such a man does not acknowledge that his food is from God. Boy, it got quiet in here. Good Lord, what happened? What happened? Man, we were, whoa, go, pastor, go. Man, it got quiet in here. People started looking around, disengaged. <laughs> Such a man does not acknowledge that, and this is not condemnatory. This is the word. This is faith to live by. If you don't want to take this part, you don't have to take this part. I want this part. He does not, this man, such a man, does not acknowledge that his food is from God. He does not thank God for it. Therefore, it is not blessed and sanctified and holy. So what is the result? Solomon said it. Great vexation, sickness, and anger. To eat without faith. Uh-oh. All these commonplace things. Here's another one. To eat without faith brings vexation, sickness, and anger. And it is to invite vexation, sickness, and anger into your life. Now, how many of you remember me qualifying this by saying way while ago, I'm going to give you a couple of ridiculous commonplace. Well, some of you already felt the ridiculousness of that one. Are you ready for number two? Work and finances. Another area of everyday living in which we need to apply the principle of faith to live by is in our work and in our finances and our material 
possessions. The Word of God is replete with examples of God's ability to provide for the needs of His people. Even in situations where there is no human or natural source of supply, God's cycle of sufficiency is always there for those who live faith to faith to faith to faith. And he is able to tap that cycle of sufficiency and channel it into your life as it is needed when you recognize him in faith. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. See, I never had throat trouble when I preached every week. Now, I mean, that's not a hint. But when I preached every week, I never had throat trouble. But when you only preach every once in a while, your throat doesn't stay. You've got to scream and yell on a regular basis to have a strong voice. <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says, And God is able to make, now listen to this, these are the common things. If you're in faith, the common things, God is able to make all grace abound to you that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance in every good thing. And you know what? If you go back to the Hebrew, in the original text, the word abound is used twice, the word abundance is used twice, and the word all is used five times. God is saying my cycle of sufficiency in the commonplace, ordinary, daily things is so great that everything is abundant, abundant, abounding, abounding, all, 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 all for you. That's what faith does. This level of provision reveals not mere sufficiency, but it reveals abundance. Here's a life principle. Abundance does not depend on money or material possessions. See, a lot of you work in believing that that's what abundance is. You need a whole lot of stuff. You need a whole lot of money. And you'll have abundance if you have that. But here's a life principle. Abundance does not depend on money or material possessions. Abundance means simply that God supplies all that we need with something to spare for others. That's abundance. The key to abundance is not money. Everybody with me? The key to abundance is not material possessions. Are you ready for the big punch? The key to abundance is faith. Faith to live by. Confronted by all of these miracles that Jesus performed in his ministry, one might say, well, I'm not Jesus. John 14 and 12, Jesus said, he who believes in me, you've got to get in me and I've got to get in you. The works that I do, you will do also. Faith to live by. I've taken my faith out of my store in heaven. I've given it to you. 
Don't use that thing, well, Jesus was Jesus, he was God. Jesus turned around and answered that question and said, he who believes in me, I'm in him, he's in me. The works that I do, he shall do also. John was an eyewitness when he wrote this. He was an eyewitness to all that Jesus did and said. And in 1 John 2 and 6, he said, sex. 1 John 2 and... Where are we? I missed that book. In 1 John 2 and 6, the one who says, listen, he abides in him. How many of you abide in him? All right, how many of you abide in him? The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner in which he walked. You walk like him, you talk like him, you speak like him, everything you do is like him. You don't use the excuse, oh yeah, but that was Jesus and I'm not Jesus. We must understand the scope of his grace. There's a grace for every place in life. That's my teaching I've done here for years. Graces and places. There's a grace for every place in life. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, grace is for every place. Here's what it says. God is able. God is able. God is able to make all grace, all grace, all grace abound, abound, abound to you. Faith to live by. When you live from faith to faith to faith, with faith, there's never a shortage of grace. There's grace for every place in your life. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.